is going on. It's JMW. It's Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone, you can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up, you know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no, no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. Peace out, players. What's going on, Hoopers out there? Um, two things before we get started. Uh, first, RP, the former NBA commissioner, David Stern, who just passed away this past week. Um, you know, he's been having, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he has been having brain problems the last couple of weeks. You know, any specific details? No specific details, but I do remember reading a couple of weeks ago, like early in December, that, you know, he was in kind of bad condition because it was like a brain I don't, I don't know how to pronounce the other words, so I'm not going to butcher it. But it was something with his brain or whatever. Uh, he been going through issues for a minute. It was like a brain hemorrhage or something like hemorrhage. that. Hemorrhage. There you oh. go. So, yeah, it was something like that. So, R.P. David Stern, he, uh, you know, he took over in the 80s and really globalized the NBA to what we see nowadays. You know, uh, he left in a position for, Adam, for David, David Stern. Excuse me. <laughs> David Stern left in a position for Adam Silver to just kind of run with it, pass him the baton, take it to the next level. So, yeah, R.P. Davis. And one more thing, I don't know if you want to do this now or after the national championship, but the LSU Tigers are in the national championship. Yeah, they are. So shout out to LSU. Destroyed, absolutely destroyed Oklahoma. Made me wonder why Oklahoma was even there. Uh, so big game because uh, people know me. Know I love Trevor Lawrence. So I hope he has a solid game because if he plays too well, we probably gonna lose. But probably not though. It's gonna be a real. I think it's going to be a lot of points put on the board. Obviously, LSU offense is high-powered. So, LSU-Clemson, I think that's going to be the – I mean, we're in a new decade, but it's going to be the best college football playoff game we've seen, you know, probably out of, out of all of them, for real. <laughs> and on that note, I'm John W. Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. No Hoopers. End of the decade was a couple days ago. Yep, we're in a new decade now. 2020 is officially here. So, everybody's been doing the list of best players and – Best moments. Um, right. I think we decided, you know, not to do a best players because it's like it's a little harder because you know you got people who remember the last five years of the decade, then you got people who remember the first five. Right. Yeah. And uh, the the list of players who were, you know, stars are different in the end five because you know somebody at the end would be like, dang, you know, Giannis should be the best player of the decade, but at the beginning you had Dirk winning championships, Kobe won a championship, the Miami Heat team Wade, so. I think towards the end, so many of them players at the beginning get left out because they were more towards the end of their career. But, like, Dirk and Kobe were still putting up numbers from 2010 until 2013-ish. So, you know. So we decided to go with best individual seasons and we did the best teams of the decade. Right. I think for the most part our list might look the same. It might be a few different people here or there. I'm pretty sure our top three is probably going to be the same at the least. Yeah, right. Um, You want to start with yours and we just go – 
No, we can just jump into the one you just said. Right. I know um, number one I had for me, of course, was uh, 2000. Best, best, player first. We can uh, do best, best individual seasons. Yeah, let's do that first. So, I know number one I had 2015, 2016. Steph Curry yep. is a unanimous MVP season. Everybody, yep. you know, like, oh. I didn't really count playoffs as a factor what they did in the playoffs, even though he did have a good playoffs. He averaged 23 in the finals, blah, 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 whatever. But he did have a good play. He did have a good playoff. But for the most part, he's the only person in NBA history to have a season averaging thirty points, five rebounds, five assists, five threes made, two steals, 90, 50, 45. His team won seventy three. Went seventy three and nine that year. And uh, he was unanimous MVP. I think Steph's season is by far the best. Uh, I mean, that's probably the best MVP season ever. I mean, considering some of the seasons Jordan had, right. and even Kareem's MVPs or whatever. But you know. People forget that, uh, especially because they lost the championship that year, and then they got Kevin Durant, and then the Warriors hype train just went to another level. But uh, Steph was, like, dominating the league that year like we hadn't really seen from, like you say, the 400 threes, 30 points per game, 45% from three, 90 from the free throw line, 50 from the field, which, I mean, is we know how rare it is to just be 50, 40, 90, to be 50, 45, 90 is crazy. And then, like you say, just the 73 wins overall. They sat out so many fourth quarters. It's like who knows what his stats would have even been. So, yeah, I think that was the best, definitely best by best of the decade and arguably like the best the MVP best seasons ever. Time. I think um, number two, I had LeBron with the Heatles. I was, was it the 12, 13 year or the 11, 12 year? You put the 11, you had 11, 12. I think I have 12, 13, 13. but I would put one of those LeBrons. Yeah, it would have to be there. I think I went. To put them together, I think I went eleven and twelve because yeah. the he made first team All NBA and first team All Defense that year, yeah. along with MVP. I don't think he made All Defense in twelve thirteen. I, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't think so. But I feel like those four years in Miami probably were the best four years of LeBron. We are. I know how he's playing now. People love it now because you see more of the numbers now. But those years in Miami probably were his best years. And that was their first championship year in Miami. So it was a, he was a little more determined that year. Right. He I wanted think, to finish it all the way out through through and through. I think the people who uh, think that LeBron is playing better now than he's ever played, you know, you just are – I don't even know how to describe it. Because LeBron in Miami, even those earlier Cleveland years, I don't really – I mean, you don't count those. But I can see why you won't say those because he didn't win the championship. But, like, his years in Miami – LeBron just was on a whole another level defensively when he was should have been, he was in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Right, he could he could have won defensive player of the year any one of those years, and right. I don't think we would have been complaining about that. And then he, that's the one time we really seen LeBron play the complete game because of who they had. So he wasn't just dominating the ball. That's the most he played in the post. That's the most he played off the ball, and uh, I think that was the I do. Think that this LeBron that we get this year, him playing point guard and trying to team we have, that is probably that is an ideal version of LeBron. But the best version of LeBron was the Miami Heat LeBron. But I would say the Lakers LeBron is probably the second best That's version. Right. Even no, though I, he definitely was better when he was younger, it just still, even though he's having a career high in assists, this still isn't the best season he's ever had. But I think this, if he would have played like this style his whole career, he would have had the same accolades as far as being a point guard and right. stuff. So. Number three, I had Kevin Durant. This should have been his um 13, 14, 13, 14 MVP. Year. MVP. He averaged 28 that year. I was no, 32. 32? Yeah, 32. Right. That year. When, when, we kind of get lost in the stats. Uh, 32 was kind of like the final average, but remember that long stretch of the season? Remember that was like the – was that the first time Westbrook got hurt? I'm not sure. Yeah, that was probably the first time Westbrook got hurt because he got hurt in the playoffs then. 
He right. was out for that year. But KD basically was averaging 36 a game. Uh, right, that, that was the, the – he had the streak that year, right? Um, 20-plus points for so many games. Yeah, right. Yeah, when he was uh, up there with Jordan. I don't remember the exact streak. But, yeah, he scored 20 points. And I can't remember how many consecutive games it was. But, yeah, he just was on a whole other level. That was the first time he was by himself. James was gone. Russell was hurt. So, it was him and Ibaka. Ibaka wasn't a scorer, obviously. Right. And the Thunder finished second in the West. And like I say, those months that he went without Westbrook, he was averaging about 35, 36 points per game. So that that season, because, like I say, after going to the Warriors and so much stuff, it also gets lost uh, with how great KD was that gift. Right. He was pretty amazing. All right. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that one. So, uh, number four was – what I have at number four? Number four is Russell Westbrook. First triple-double. First triple-double since Oscar Robertson. First triple-double uh, out of the three consecutive that he had, his MVP season. A scoring title. Right, scoring title. That was his second scoring title. First team All-NBA that year. Um, I also had that in the top five just for what you seen in the decade. First triple-double that we had seen in that year. More so than the other years, I do think it was necessary because he was on his own that year. That's before Paul George and Melo came in, and then right. just Paul George. So it was really just him developing Stephen Adams, and I can't even name you three other players from that Thunder team. Um, and um, Depot, right? Depot and Sabonis. No, Ricky, but the, Ricky Sabonis no, and and Depot people like. Depot was a solid player then, but we didn't know he was gonna become the All Star then. He was really right. pretty. He was really kind of a disappointing player. Not even just there in Orlando. I mean, there in OKC because people say, "Hey, Westbrook can do such and such." I mean, it was the reason he got traded to OKC because he didn't show the All Star potential in Orlando. He was just real inconsistent, right. still trying to figure it out or whatever. So uh, that was a big year, and they had forty eight wins yeah. that year, and I believe he had forty three triple doubles, which was the new record. Right. Oscars was forty two. He had forty three. So it's like literally. That he the triple doubles led them to wins that year, forty three. And I think it was also just the way he played that year. He played yep. with a little more ferociousness that year. That was la- I think that was last year we really got angry Westbrook. Right. Yep. Like he's been a little more tame, trying to not necessarily fit in, but trying to make sure that he's not the sole center of the whole team and the offense. Right. Cause uh, he, I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, yeah, it definitely kind of started last year. That's why Paul George was able to have his MVP year. And even when he did play with KD, obviously Westbrook, I mean, even now he take ill-advised shots sometimes just because, you know, that's just who he is. If something not going how they wanted to go, they play, he tried to get a team a boost. And sometimes it works to his you know, advantage, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. But for, I, I, I want to give Westbrook credit uh, because he don't get credit enough for uh, knowing – Paul George needs the ball more, so let me just focus right. on my sis. You know, James needs the ball. Let me fall back a little bit. And he even did it with KD. It's just when it's late in games, if people not being aggressive, you know, he don't know how to tame it sometimes. Uh, and that was always the issue. But he, he, I think Westbrook's a pretty good teammate, a really good teammate. Right. Honestly. Absolutely. So shout out to Westbrook. And that was a great year. Uh, to, to see somebody when, I, when we was younger, you know, Oscar Robinson, just because we knew the history of the game, he was a favorite player of mine. And I never – Really thought I would see somebody average a triple double. And I want to say to your point, you always did say if somebody did it, it would be a point guard because right. it had to be somebody with the ball in their hand enough to mm-hmm. where they could get the assists and points. Right. And you gonna you gonna figure out a way to sneak in ten rebounds because only he big man. Yeah. yeah. But he and he wasn't even sneaking in ten rebounds. He was right, yeah, he 12, 13, 13 14 right. rebounds a night. But so yeah, because the only big man that I've seen with the consistency of a triple double, which you got to give him credit for, why he's so great is Jokic. He's the only one that really gets it, but. If you've seen Westbrook average triple double, all the people that's gotten close of the triple double machines are Ben Simmons, Luka Doncic, and 
then even LeBron, people that handled the ball. And when we were younger, it was Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd was who we knew for getting all the triple doubles when we were coming up. He always got a triple double. Right. So, uh, yeah, we did always say it would have to be. It was gonna have to be a point guard, and it was gonna have to be an athletic, big kind of point guard. Cause what Jason Kidd can, he could do it, and he led the league in it. But he couldn't average one. But if you notice the players now, Westbrook is super athletic, being six ten. Lucas six eight. Is you know Oscar Robinson was six 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 seven. So he, big guards. Right. So yeah. So, that was a great year though. That so was a great year to watch overall. Four. So yeah, that was. That was four. So number five should be um. Who I have at number five? Five was James Harden, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen. I think that was. I know people like this James Harden now, where he's getting the. You know, he's averaged thirty eight this year. He averaged thirty five last year. Mm-hmm. I think that season was the best James Harden season because that had been Mike D'Antoni first years yep. point guard Harden. Yep, twenty nine points, eleven assists, was led the league. He would have been second in he would have been second in triple doubles that year. Yep, eight point one rebounds. And I remember that I remember that year because everybody was gonna give gave him flack for the manager nobly block and then the absolute just not showing up the next game in the playoffs. But James Harden overall, if it wasn't for Westbrook doing what he did that year, James Harden probably would have won his first MVP that year. Yeah, he probably you, you, it's always been an argument should he have won and Westbrook kind of got it because of the triple doubles. But Westbrook got it because of the triple doubles and because of the season that he had. All right. While James obviously had more help, but that was the best James Harden, honestly, um, just because how he had the ball in his hand, playing point guard, because he's clearly a point guard, uh, or he, he's just a guard that got to have the ball in his hands a lot. So, but he was efficient with scoring the ball because he wasn't shooting twenty five shots a game, and then the eleven assists per game was crazy. I I never uh, really expected to see James lead the league in assists. assists, so that was uh, cool to right. see that year. So shout out to James Harden at 16, 17 years. Number six should be Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, yep. Uh, 12, 13. Yep, 2012, 2013. 27, 27 points. Yeah, that's six that was. assists, five rebounds, first team all NBA. And 12, 13, that would have been Kobe's what? That would have been 15 uh, year in the league? I think 17? so, excuse me. Yeah, because that would have been the year, like right after their uh, two years after the last championship, mm-hmm. so they were trying to put it together. That would have been the year they would have had like the white Steve Nash, I think, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to get Kobe one more, but injuries to Steve Nash and Dwight Howard. Team was a little older. They didn't have enough consistent role supporting pieces as well, because you know they traded Lamar Odom, Shannon Brown had got dealt that year. So Kobe, from I think. If I remember correctly, from like January on, Kobe basically put him on his back to get him to the playoffs. I was wrong. That was actually year seventeen for Kobe. Uh, so uh, that's the season I always make a point about with LeBron because people say we never seen this in year seventeen, and Kobe averaged twenty seven in year seventeen for himself. So, but yeah, he did put him on. Like I said, it was so much going on with the White that year, and then Steve Nash basically was just getting checked because he was hurt from the moment he was there. Um, so Kobe did really kind of carry that team that year, and even uh, that's when you know you kind of see Kobe be a little bit open more. I remember he tried to be more welcoming to Dwight and right. all that kind of thing. The what I think that that year what got lost was people put a lot of stuff on Kobe and Dwight meshing. What they really should have, what really ruined that season from the start was when you traded for Dwight, but then you didn't hire a coach for Dwight's talents. Like they remember, remember they traded for Dwight and they hired Mike D'Antoni, even though Dwight wanted Phil at the time, and Phil was gonna come back. That's all we get lost too. Phil was gonna come back that year. He was gonna coach, but uh, Jim Bus, who no longer runs the Lakers, was basically, you know, he always had jealousy over Phil. How 
Yeah, it was always Jesse Overfield, basically, or whatever. So he was like, "No, I'm not gonna hire Phil. I'm hire Mike D'Antoni because that's my choice." All right. So, well, Kobe Steve had an amazing Nash, year that year. Steve Nash had been playing well with Mike D'Antoni the years prior, right? As well. So, but the the years like your best player is Kobe and Dwight. You know, Steve Nash had already been through some injuries. He was already hurt, and right. Dwight was like coming off of finals a couple of years prior. Dwight also did have a back injury that year, but still. Um, Kobe, he really did carry them that year. Right. Played in, um, yeah, he played in 78 games that year. Averaged big minutes. And, uh, you know, of course, people say that's why he tore his Achilles or whatever that year. But shout out to Kobe. Right. So, number six, yeah. Um, no, that was uh, that Kobe was, was six. Number was seven. Six. And I might, with mine, I would flip probably. Six and seven, but other than that, number seven is Derrick Rose's MVP. Yeah, yeah. youngest MVP in NBA history, and that looks to be safe because I don't think Luka gonna get it this right. year. But uh, twenty-five, uh, seven, and four rebounds a game, one steal, and uh, the Bulls won like sixty. They won three games. 60, yeah, six, so. I think it was sixty-two and twenty. All right. Yeah. And you and once again, like if we say he's the youngest MVP because he was, and now he was also only in his third year. Yeah, third year. Yeah, he was young age wise so, and, and three I, years in the league. Right. So. so I remember um, it was an interview, Michael Wilbon. Shout out to Mike Wilbon. Did with Derrick Rose. And Derrick Rose was basically saying, you know, why can't I be the youngest MVP ever? Right. Yeah, they was asking him. And it's always weird when you guys play, oh, who do you think will be the MVP this year? And Derrick Rose was like, why not me? Because there, there's no safe <laughs> answer to those. Because if you say, why, you know, I can be the MVP, people look at you like you. You know, you're getting too ahead of yourself. But then if you don't say you, people are like, well, you don't believe in yourself. Right. And at the same time, though, as a, just as a player and knowing your team was going to be solid, why would I say, oh, LeBron's going to be MVP this year? Like, right. I'm, I'm trying to play on that level, too. And Derrick Rose was an all-star as a second-year player. And that's why we He's got the, the, uh, the, the, the Derrick Rose group. Right. But, yeah, I would probably put Derrick Rose. I only had Derrick. I got Derrick Rose number seven because of the MVP. I'd probably put that fifth. Fifth. Drop down James and Kobe. I but uh, that. I'm not mad at where he's at either, though. I just because that. I put him fifth, just because the Bulls were really good that year. Derrick Rose hit, I'm not going to say a lot, but he hit a good amount of game winning shots that year. Like, he was real clutch for them. Youngest MVP in NBA history. And, uh, you know, people try to go back and try to disregard that MVP and act like it was just because people was mad at LeBron. But the history of the MVP, it always goes. The only time somebody, in my opinion, was really getting snubbed out of the MVPs was Jordan just because of the amount of games he was playing and people got, like, fatigue. But as far as winning, the numbers, Derrick Rose was the MVP that year. People try to say that. Uh, and then it was a, a short end year, yeah. which also helped because – you're on everybody's mind right at the time, but they try to say because that was the no, first that wasn't the short year. That was the next year was the short year, was it? Yeah, yeah, because that was, that was his first, first championship. Yeah, that right? yeah, yeah. so I take that year. back. But it, basically, that first year was LeBron's first year with Miami, and they said people didn't want to vote for him. Blah blah blah. But Derrick Rose was the MVP that year. Right. He had a pretty great year. So Child number Derrick eight, Rose. the best season in New York Knicks history since the nineties. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, thirteen. That was the year LeBron got. 29 votes for MVP, and the one vote... First that, place votes. Yeah, first place votes. And the one vote that kept him from being the unanimous MVP was a vote that went to Carmelo. As Carmelo that year was uh, 28-6 and uh, two assists per game. 
and um, second team. He should have been first team all NBA, but that's all right. Second team, and he was an all star. And the Knicks won 54 games that year, finished second in the league. And they also had the second longest winning streak that year because uh, that would have been the year the Heatles won, like, what, 27 straight? Mm-hmm. Uh, 28 straight. The Knicks won 18 straight, and that was the uh, second longest winning streak that year. I was going back and forth on that because I was either going to go 12, 13, Carmelo. I was gonna go the next year when he won the scoring title. Was they like, were too bad that year. They, I, yeah, yeah, they played. I did. I looked at their records. That did play a big factor into it. And so much happened that year too. Like Jason, I remember Jason Kidd retired at the end of the year, uh, so that made them pretty terrible. Um, J.R. Smith, he just after just after that first round playoff series against Boston, Boston the year before, well, he, he just, got suspended yeah. right before Game Five. I think it was. He was just terrible from then on. Iman was out the lineup. Yeah, towards ACL in the. In the um, playoffs against Indiana. And that was the year they randomly hired Derek Fisher. The whole issue with the Knicks situation, basically, in my opinion, came down to one thing. It came down to two things. Phil Jackson was told that he was going to be able to run the organization, and he really wasn't. And um, Phil Jackson, I'm putting them both on Phil Jackson. I'm, I'm going to give him his credit, and I'm going to take it away from him because I remember he drafted Przingis, and it was an uproar. And then I remember he got those bad deals off the Knicks to make some trades and get them in the drafts and stuff. So he did some stuff. But uh, the the biggest issue I had with Phil's whole team was his persistence of wanting them to run the triangle but not wanting to be the coach. And if you can't do it, you can't make somebody run your system down to the point Absolutely. where – Right, down to the point where if they deviated away from the triangle and did something else, they'd be like, what are we doing? Why are we not running the triangle? Well, come coach, and then we'll run it. <laughs> right. Because you can't teach somebody to run it how you would want to run it. And at the end of the day – And you're uh, not going to at least be on the bench with them. Right. And then Derek Fisher, even though he played for Phil, he did know the triangle, and Phil chose him, even though he was the second choice because he wanted to hire Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr chose the Warriors because he didn't want to leave the West Coast which probably changed the trajectory of history. But that's okay, because remember, he was going to go to the Knicks. But Arizona, Phoenix Suns, GM, other than playing for the Bulls, and, you know, his playing career, Steve Kerr comfortable on the West Coast. Right. And, you know, he got his injuries, his back uh, issues and stuff. Right. But Phil should have coached that team, and I think that would have changed. So number eight, Carmelo Anthony. Yep. Number nine, then this is why I didn't want to do a top ten players list, because I did want to show give Giannis – for some credit for what he's been doing. Right, but could he be a top 10 player of the decade? No, he's really been hooping. Four years. He's been four, four years. I, I would say he's been hooping, dominating for two. Two? Yeah, last, he's been last year and the year before. See, I say he's that because so, that's why I'm saying that. He's, he's been dominating like Giannis is top six, five. I think it's his sixth year in the league. Right. So, half the decade he wasn't yeah. in the league or he wasn't so he hooping at this level. 10. So, that's where I feel like the individual seasons come. Because what he did at four season. Put him his that his season last year because I was gonna put Kevin Love right there, mm-hmm. one of the years you know when Kevin Love was a double double machine. But right. Giannis had twenty seven, uh, what it was twenty seven thirteen six assists. I think last year was better than this. Year. I know he's averaging more points, yeah, but it's just, thirty this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was top three def um defense player of the year at voting mm-hmm. MVP. All first team All NBA, first team All defense. The Bucks finished with sixty wins, the best record in the NBA. And I just don't think nobody – we didn't expect to see Giannis. We, everybody, you know, we had seen the trajectory of Giannis and how better he had been getting. But nobody saw an MVP season coming right then and there. Right. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you on that. And um, I, I agree with him with that place on the list because his season last year do deserve that place, especially when you think about top MVP, top three in defensive player of the year voting. Could, could have won it. Um, I think it was just kind of a cop-out to give it to Rudy Gobert, even though I thought Paul George won it. 
should have won it. Should've I wouldn't have been mad if Giannis won it last year because right. their team defense was great as well. Uh, but, yeah, he had a really great year. Uh, so I think he deserved that spot right there. And number 10 is Paul George from this past 17-18 season, 18-19 season, I mean. Right. 28 points, top three in all in um, NBA and defense player of the year voting. First team all NBA over Kev- – First team All NBA, I think Paul George finally because I think we forget how young Paul George is sometimes, mm-hmm. and I think he finally put together a prime year as far as where his career is at now. Yeah, I, I didn't come to last year thinking Paul George was gonna average almost thirty points per game, and uh, so he had a really great year. And last year, like I say, just based off of last year, when you see Paul George, it it, I, it just makes me wonder. Like I've said, I think I said on a couple episodes, like, dang, why isn't Paul George the best player in the NBA? Because he really kind of got. Everything Link, your best right. player would need. Side, got height, size, right. athleticism, he, shooting, ball handling, defense. Defense. He, he really does everything. It's just, I guess, it's, so last year was a really great year for them. And like I said, Westbrook took that little step back, and he did carry them. You know, I mean, he he hit his first couple of game winning shots and <clears throat> things like that. For Paul George, now he's just kind of putting it together in the playoffs. But uh, I'm not mad at that. I think Paul George, yeah, that's a good spot for him. The top ten individual who proceeds of the decade. Yeah, you know. so that's Steph, fifteen, sixteen, LeBron, eleven, twelve, or twelve, thirteen. I I just say put them both there, honestly. Uh, KD, thirteen, fourteen season. Westbrook, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen, triple double season. Fifth is James Harden, uh, twenty nine points per game, eleven assists, two thousand sixteen, two thousand seventeen season. Kobe Bryant's last great NBA season, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, twenty seven points per game. 17 year in the league. Uh, Derrick Rose is, or yeah, Derrick Rose is number seven, 2010, 2011, youngest MVP in NBA history. Carmelo Anthony, the best season for New York since 94, 95, or whatever year they went to the finals. Um, the first finals, not the lockout short in the year for finals. So Melo, so 2012, 2013, 28 points per game, second. Best record in the East, second in MVP voting. Giannis, 2018-2019, MVP is number nine. And Paul George, 18-19, is number 10. Yeah. Shout out Paul George for making that list because he didn't win the championship. He didn't win the MVP or any major award. But that season was so great that he deserves to be right. on the list. I think him and Melo are probably the only two seasons. And Kobe are probably the only two seasons up the only few seasons up there where a player didn't win a major award. Right, yeah, and the accolades of the, even the team isn't just like, you know, crazy. crazy. You know, right. Steph never seven three wins. LeBron them won the championship. KD was MVP. Russ was MVP. And uh, the James Harden season. Right. But they won 60 games, I guess. Yeah. So, you want to go ahead and get into the teams of the decade? Or you just want to. Yeah, let's hop in. Let's go ahead and hop into the teams. teams of the decade. Uh, I think the top team is obvious. It's not even close. close. And uh, even though I would take the 72 and 10 Bulls team just because they have Jordan. They was a championship away from being the best team in NBA history. 15-16 Warriors, 73-9, three All-Stars, the MVP. Three All-Stars? Yeah, only yeah. three All-Stars yeah. I get. MVP started out 24-0. Um, they uh, extended their streak from the previous season to 54 home game winning streak, which means they were undefeated at home that year, in right. case you weren't counting. <laughs> uh, Coach of the year. No back-to-back losses, which I, I don't want to, I don't think people know how hard that is. No right. losses back-to-back. And they didn't lose to the same team twice. Then, yeah, didn't lose to the same team twice. And uh, three All-NBA players. And the only thing they didn't do was win the championship. And they were up 3-1. And 
they were down three one the previous series and came back and then they <coughs> excuse me up three one and they and they lost so yeah I think that team was the best team of the decade and uh, I agree with the first two teams. Uh, yeah. You know I'm gonna jump straight to the second one is Miami 2012. I think those two teams were the by far. The best two best teams. Best two teams of the decade. If I had to think about all the teams that won championships, all the teams, I'm like, dang, I wouldn't want to play them. The Heatles and the Warriors. Uh, I mean, you can say the the KD Warriors the next year. Right. But I'm going to give it to the 73 and 9. Yeah, them first two. Yeah, yeah 73 and 9. I'm, I'm going to give it to them. That 12 and 13. And 12 and thir- that 12 and that 12 13 Miami Heat team, the Heatles yeah. was crazy. Like 27 game win streak. 15 and 1 in back to backs. 17 wins in a month, most double digit wins in playoff history. It was that yeah, 15 and 1 back to backs, also, like I say, extremely hard. 15 and 1 in back to backs, back to backs are like, you know, they have a list of, uh, you know, through analyt- analytics of like calculating games that no matter who you are, this is a game you just expected to lose. Mm-hmm. It's because of rest, time of the game, we just played, blah, blah, blah. So to go 15 and 1 in back to backs, where back to backs are where typically teams like that lose. Is uh pretty amazing. amazing, and they focused that year just was crazy because you know coming off the uh, loss in the championship right. to the Mavericks. So no, that, that no, my bad. That was that would been after they won. So after they won the first one, it was just like they just was free flowing playing. They felt comfortable. They knew they were the best team in right. the league, and it's just, yeah. Funny thing about that team, this never gets brought up about all the players that was on that team, and this player never gets mentioned when there's always like a throwaway player winning the championship. Eddie Curry was on that team. Mm. <laughs> So yes, he oh, did. Yeah, he was. He, he did. I'm not saying so he like got he, a ring. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like he was. You know, a big factor. But we always forget sometimes. You know, throwaway players yeah, on those teams. Players, yeah. So shout out to Eddie Curry on that. So that was the number two. Number three was the. Um, it's if, the Houston Rockets team from. Um, this previous season. Well, from not 2017, 2018. 2018. They were 65 and 17. James Harden's MVP year. Daryl Morey was executive of the year. One All NBA player, and they lost in the conference finals. And just so to make it simple for people, it would have been easy to put the Warriors up here every every one of their seasons. But <laughs> right. we didn't do that because that's just stupid. Right. Um. So, but the, that he, Rockets team should have. I ain't gonna say they should have won a championship because the Warriors was better than them. Right. But they could have won a championship. Sure. And you know, there's some other stuff in there. They was like top two in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Mm-hmm. I don't think I got all that in there in the notes. But sixty-five that, wins. And, Come you can't, on, can't argue with that. Okay, yeah, sixty-five months. That team was uh, really good, and um, that's one. Of the, they, I, I would put them top three of best teams in ever won the championship. I don't know the other teams off the top of my head, but they top three. I'm gonna just say top three because they could have won that year. Uh, the next team, number four, I agree with them. This also was a 2015-2016 OKC team, and that team was so weird because that was the first year that uh, everybody finally got back healthy. healthy. Westbrook was finally healthy. KD was healthy. Um, Ibaka was back. So they struggled kind of that year. Uh, remember, they lost, they gave up the first four quarter leads that year, right. but all year, everybody's like, this is a team that could beat. And the it's Warriors. crazy because, like I said, they did struggle. And that team gets overlooked because when you look at who, like, the number one and number two seeds that year, yeah. it's like, you know, that team probably was going to get low. And they, you know, they were coming yeah, out. They had just missed the playoffs. The year, they had just missed the playoffs the year before as well. Yeah, and that was because of Katie, you know, because of Katie's foot injury. Right. So I don't think that I think that team was overlooked all year, but that was a really good team. And I would say this because you know that was a team that lost the three one lead in the conference finals to Golden State. I don't know if I've said this on the show before or not, but even 
that whole year, because even you can att- attest to this because you will see it too, they would always have, this goes back to them losing all those four quarter leads, but Golden State was the team that put them out in the conference finals. Yep. And every game over like the last the two previous seasons, that season and year before, they would always have a lead on Golden State. Uh-huh. Cause I remember the last time KD played the year before, he left at halftime yeah, against Golden State. Yeah, when he broke his foot officially. Right, then. Can't you, come back. Right, then you had the next year. Steph hit the shot after OKC had been up the whole regular season game. And I just never – and because of that, I had always in the back of my head that Golden State was going to beat OKC. Anybody else OKC would have beat because we've seen how they manhandled the Spurs in the second round. Yeah, even Eagle Dollar <laughs> said that. Eagle Dollar said that uh, that was the only team that they thought, like, they would have beat the Cavs. Eagle Dollar said that after the series. He said the Cavs wasn't the hardest team they played that year. It was, uh, and the Cavs won the championship. That year, right. But uh, it, it was OKC. OKC was the best team in the NBA that year. That's what uh, Eagle Dollar said. Um, next on the list. I could put them at third. Um, I put yeah, I probably would put them up at third. But I ain't mad at position. It's the fifteen, sixteen Spurs, and I remember that year as the redemption year. That team was like that's gonna be Greg Popovich's last great team because he's gonna probably retire after right. this season. Um, but that team, that was a team that lost. Uh, they lost the year before, before off the Ray Allen shot when they were wheeling the trophy down to down to the floor, and they were so hurt by that team. They just went on uh, – they were all-time great efficiently. And it's funny, you know, when you hear Greg Popovich talk about the three-pointers and stuff this year because that team took a good amount of threes um, because they – I mean, they moved the ball and shot a lot of right. open shots or whatever, but they shot the ball a lot. And I think that team that year, they have the the greatest margin of victory, victory over a team, team in, in the, the final six because they destroyed the Heat that year. Right. That was the end of the Heatles run. Right. And that was uh, Kawhi's first uh, finals MVP. Tim Duncan should have got it, but Kawhi was finals MVP. They were 67-15 that year, 40-1 and 40 and one at home, which is crazy. The Spurs are always pretty amazing at home, but it's still really hard to go for it to lose only one time at home. It's right. pretty hard. Um, so, yeah, that was a really great team. And uh, you could put them, you could put them third, just because of how they won the championship that year. Right. They were, they were, they really like steamrolled the league from start to finish because right. they were so hurt off of that Ray Allen three. So that was a great team though. That um, was what number five. Number yeah, that was five. Six, six is the sixteen seventeen Boston Celtics team. That would have been Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas's Thomas. breakout year. Twenty eight, twenty nine points per game for right. Isaiah Thomas that year. They were fifty one. I mean, uh, they were 53 and 29, and it was basically Isaiah Thomas, a bunch of young dudes, and a, a young coach, and that team was really good, too. Right. But they had they had veteran pieces in the right places. Um, Al Horford as your starting center. Right. Avery Bradley was a defensive staple by that point on the perimeter. Yep. But other than that, like I say, it was Jay really, Crowder. Yeah, Jay Crowder. That's one I would say Jay was a little bit younger then. Right. But overall, that was just... Isaiah Thomas and Brad Stevens getting that team into where they getting that team to where they needed to be. They finished first overall. They lost, in um, they lost in five to Cleveland in the conference finals. Mm-hmm. But that team, I think that Boston team was just a well built team, especially with what Brad Stevens wanted to do with that team. Right. Um. So next on the list, you got the sixteen seventeen Cavs, fifty one and thirty one, three All Stars. Um. And but they lost in the finals that year, four one to Golden State, and you could say that Cavs team, like I say, lost in the finals. But yeah, that team probably was definitely better than the uh, the team that won the championship year before. Right. Yeah, they they probably was better than them. The chemistry was a little bit better. Like Kyrie was started off the year healthy, so he played right. a lot that season. Right. So that was a good year for uh, Cleveland. Tyron Lue's first full year as a head coach. 
I think they, I think that team, they just ran into you know Golden State at the end of the year. The Cavs should have never beat Golden State, honestly. That <laughs> just is what it is. But they came back and they won three one. Right. But they should have never beat them. Uh, so next, you got number eight, 2016-2017, Golden State, 67-15, four All-Stars, three All-NBAs, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I think they – did they did they lose to anybody in the playoffs? No, they, went eight, they went 18-1. Yeah, well, they lost so. to Cleveland in the finals that right, year. Yeah, yeah. Game. So, yeah, that's uh, probably the greatest. You have to put them – between them and the Lakers as the best postseason team in NBA right. history. Just postseason team right. in NBA history. Um, I want to say this about that team. I would have, and I know a lot anybody else probably would have had that team in the top three. I think you already spoken on that already. But I think that team, as great as that team is, I think that team was so top heavy, and that that top heavy talent was just so unstoppable that made up for their lack of depth because those teams, those KD Warriors, those t- KD Warriors team never had much depth off the bench. Of course, you had your three go-to rotation players in Iguodala, Sean Levinson, and Kevon Looney eventually became that. But other than that, Steph never, you know, Steph and Clay never really had viable backups. So, but what that team, what those starters could do and then those first three rotational players did is what made those teams so great. All right. Oh, and I want to go back to that Spurs team uh, real quick. That wasn't the team that won the championship. That was the team, uh, Kawhi, when he led the team, mm-hmm. and he got hurt against uh, – he got hurt when Jaza Pachulia uh, slid under his foot. But, uh, yeah, that, that Warriors team, I think that was they, their best team overall. Talent-wise. Uh, talent-wise, but the team before 73-9, just the chemistry was better. Right. But uh, I think that was the first team, I mean, the last year – the last two years of their team, they were real top-heavy. Like, their bench was terrible. But that year, probably the one time when it was kind of solid. Right. I mean, and Equal Dollar and Livingston weren't super old yet. So, right. But, yeah, that team, it could have been top five. But I'm not mad with them being there. I probably would put them top five, but I would put the uh, the 73-9 team over them. Right. And I didn't want to have two of the same teams in the top five. I was trying to – the yeah. best to avoid having multiple teams on there as is, but then especially not have two teams in the top five or in the top three. Like I said, that team easily could be in the top three with that seven to three and nine Warriors team. Yeah, I mean they could be. The t- yeah, they. I, I wouldn't put them ahead of the Heat, but uh, they. I would. I, I wouldn't be mad if they was top three, but I ain't mad where they are either because the other teams should be ahead of them. So number nine is the OKC team, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Uh, led by all those young players that took them to the finals. They were 47-19 and 19 in that short year. Uh, KD won the scoring title, as he did almost every year back then. And uh, that team, if it wasn't for playing the Heat and LeBron trying to get his first championship, uh, finally after losing to the Mavericks the year before, and I think it was just some experience that went into the play. Absolutely. They they should have won the championship. I and think, they play anybody else, they win the championship. Yeah, and I think losing game two after they won game one, and they lost game two off of a – some people thought it was a non-call on LeBron, on KD. That kind of just changed the series around. And then the Heat just uh, – you know, that's when they did the three straight at home. It was two, three, two. So yeah, having the, the next three at home just really helped Miami. And I, cause I always remember the jokes that people have, like how many home games are the Heat going to have? Cause right. It always did seem like we were watching the Heat play at home. Right. But, I mean, that's how the playoffs always was, though. It was 2-3-2. Two, two, you get – and I wasn't really mad at that, honestly. Uh, you get three – obviously, if you close out a series, because a lot of series, they close out in game five or whatever. 
you know, uh, you want to be able to close out at home. Right. But as having the top seed, I like having game six and seven at home. So right. I always, I was never really mad at that. But somewhere along the line, people started thinking it was it was a disadvantage. Right. Like, I mean, an advantage for the home team. But two, three, two. Call it the Heatles rule. Right. But I, I definitely prefer having game six and seven yeah, at home. Right. Like, yeah, for sure. So that OKC team is really good, though. And um, number 10 is the Spurs team, the redemption team. 62 and 20. One all star that year, which was what, Tim Duncan? Yeah. No, Tony Parker. Tony Parker. Tony Parker was the one all star. One all star. One all NBA player, I think. Yeah, one all star, one all NBA. And they won the finals 4 1 against the largest margin in NBA history. So that, that team is number 10. And this team could be higher on the list because they were really good, all time great efficient, uh, wise, efficiency right. wise. And like I said about the, the team before, when I thought it was the that team. That team was on their redemption. The the other team just was really good. Yeah, Kawhi right. was finally coming to his own. First time averaging twenty five points. And they just were really good that year. This team just had a mission. You know, Ray Allen hit that shot and um you know what I would swap those two teams. I would put them at five and I put respect. the other team at ten. Just cause I just remember how determined they was from start to finish that year, finish the year with the best record in the league. And uh they kind of ran through the playoffs too, honestly. Um, that was an easy year because the team that always had uh, San Antonio's number was OKC, and that had been KD MVP year. So uh, OKC got knocked down in the second round by Memphis or whatever. So the Spurs just kind of swept through the playoffs yeah, that right. year, and then they just ran over Miami. So right. I like that Spurs team, though. I would swap them and put them at number five, swap them with the other Spurs team. I can respect that. So. That's the top 10 teams of the decade, 15, 16 Warriors, the Heatles, 2012, 2013, 2017, 2018 Houston Rockets, 2015, 2016 OKC Thunder. We're going to swap. Let's swap the Spurs, 2012, 2013. I mean, 2013, 2014 Spurs, Spurs at number five. Then let's do that 16, 17, Celtics, 16, 17, Cleveland, uh, 16, 17, Golden State. That was a good year in the NBA. All right. <laughs> 2011, 2012, OKC Thunder is at number nine, and ten is gonna be the 15, 16, 15, 16 Spurs, 67 and 15, 41 at home. Kawhi's breakout season. I can respect that. Um. Yeah, I think them. That's that's pretty good with the best teams of the decade. Those were some of the better teams because, I mean, overall in the decade. Like, that Raptors team that won the championship last year, really good. Not one of the best teams of the decade, in my opinion. I don't, right. think, they, I don't think they belong on this list. Because I know uh, anybody listening might be like, how, how is it the champions on the list, basically, or whatever. Um, but that Raptors team, I don't even think they, they were the best were team good, in the league They were a good year. overall team, but if was you in a seven-game series? No. Ask question I, answered. I, I, I don't <laughs> even think. They, they won it. You can't end it. Not if we're the fifth, we all be drunk. That's what they used to say. But uh, I don't even think they were the best team in, in the playoffs last year. I think Philly should have beat them. I think they were better than the Bucks, and I think they would have gotten probably swept by the Warriors if everybody was healthy. Right. Maybe they win one game, but like even before Clay got hurt, people forget he missed game two. You know I mean, before he tore this year, and KD didn't come back until game five. So it is what it is. It happened, but I don't think that's one of the better team of the decade. Um, we got the two. Well, we got one of the two back-to-back Warriors teams on there. Right. Um, I just don't think that second Warriors 
tape blog. And the nah, their chemistry was terrible that year, and they just won because they were just better than everybody. everybody. Right. Yeah, and KD's the best player in the league. So, uh, I'm trying to think of another team that I guess they would say they, the, I think the biggest controversy would be the Cavs team that won the championship. It's not on here, and it's the other team that's on here. I think the other team was better. Just like I said, they had not even like I said, Kyrie played a full year. He wasn't coming into the the Christmas um, off of coming off an of injury. They Tyrone Luke found a good rotation. He figured out a way to have all three of their big three players involved, including Kevin Love, because he made it a mission. No matter what happened after the first play, he always tried to get Kevin Love the first touch of the game. And you know, if Kevin Love get a back, he keep going to him. So I think that chemistry on that team was much better. Like so they just happened. They were the health wise. They were better. better, right? And they just happened to run. They just happened to run into an all time great team. Honestly, I think they came. They 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 ran into all time great team. I think the only knock on that team, you just gotta say the chemistry was bad because by the, the end of the year, uh, they underachieved. Honestly, they shouldn't have got. They shouldn't have lost how they lost. That series was a lot closer than it looked, but I, I feel like LeBron didn't rise to the occasion right. going against KD. Right, I can respect that. But, uh, so, I think that would be the controversy. But other than that, like, even that Dallas team that won the championship, great team, not one of the best teams of the decade. That last Laker team, great team, not one of the best teams of the decade. Uh, we got the Heatles on here. Right. Um, so, those are all, you know, I'm just missing the teams that people be probably upset yeah. there on the no, list. Absolutely. So, I, I, I'm pretty comfortable with the list that we got. The only other team that could make an argument, I mean, not the only other team, but you could argue because, I mean, just off their regular season stats, the Bucks team from last yeah, year. Sure. Anytime you win 60 games, it's not, you got you're good. Especially, you're really especially good. Especially once you get to that 65, 66, 67. Right. But they only won 60 last they year. Won six, it was 60. Yeah, only 60 because they were the only team, but they were the only team in the league that won 60 games last year. So, I think that says a lot to me. Absolutely. But I wouldn't put them on this list. they probably be an honorable mention. Right. I don't know, 11, 12, 13. But, uh, but, yeah, I like the list. I like right. the list. I really like the uh, individual season just because having Melo season on the list because that year was so great. I mean, just I just remember watching that year. That's when NBA Twitter was kind of going crazy. You had the Knicks tape uh, – Hashtag was going insane. <laughs> um, the Heat were really good that right. year. So it was a good year. And the Knicks, when it, it's cliche, but honestly, it is really true. When the Knicks are good, when the Lakers are good, when the heavy hitters are good, the league is more exciting because the arenas are great. The, the, te- the televised games are always amazing because of the atmosphere. So that year with the Knicks being legitimately good, because, I mean, the Knicks, if they would have just stuck it together, they should have made the conference finals that year right. and challenged the Heat. And, right. honestly, they, they probably they more than likely would have lost because that was the Heatles' year. But they were the only team that could challenge the Heat that year. I think that – and I think the thing about those Knicks teams, like I think people got knows just the regular season, but they did win the regular season series against the um, Heat that year. Yeah, they did. I think how their team was built, especially when they were healthy, they were built to go against the Heat. And I know the main thing was LeBron really – I mean, he got a great record against him. After he got with better teams, but remember when Melo was always with the Knicks, he just always is a tough matchup for LeBron. He's just as big as him, and the way he can shoot the ball, he just always was a tough matchup for right. LeBron. And then Jason Kidd leadership that year, Tyson Chandler on defense that year. Did he win Defensive Player of the Year? That year? Mm-hmm. 
So Mike Wilson did great job. Like that that team had so many veterans. Pablo was the oldest rookie in the league because all the years he put in overseas. That was Jason Kidd's last year in Raymond the league. Raymond Fielson was in shape. Exactly. And then with the young dudes, J.R. Smith, six man of the year, eighteen a game. Iman Shumpert was a defensive. He was he was top ten deep perimeter defense defenders in the league. That, that, that team was really good. And I think so, uh, something that would have helped that team that gets overlooked a lot. If Amari Stoudemire stays healthy that whole yeah, yeah. year, yep, yep. that whole year. That's what they needed. That's what they really needed because he did fit in well with them. And then even when he came back. Even if it was just him coming off the bench. I was like, remember he came back, he did come off the bench, but he, he, he accepted that he wanted that because that was his way of being able to be free. Him and Tyson went clearing each, each other. other. Melo could get his shots off. off. So then he would still yeah. be in the game with a good point guard because it right. would either be Raven Phelps and Jason Kidd, or Jason Pablo. Kidd, Pablo, and Pablo, Pablo Phelps, and Pablo right. could pass the ball. And then he would still have a wing perimeter scoring option with um, J.R. Smith out there, Steve Novak right. as a shooter. Novak, yeah, Novak was real good that year. Yeah, Steve Novak was really good. I think and Mike he, Wilson, he shot definitely a high percentage. And Mike he Wilson, lead the league, I'm pretty sure. I think he led the league, league in three percent percent that year. Yeah. And Mike Wilson was just in his. That was a good team for him because, like I say, veteran team, defensive-minded team because they were good on defense. They had a lot of that, That's the best case scenario for Mike Wilson, so. Uh, I, I I like that Knicks team. They were really good. It was a really good time of the decade. And uh, like I said, they had like the Paul George season. We already spoke on that. Derrick Rose's season. Like I I remember though. I do remember that kind of like I said the conversation with Will Bond. Like who you think will be the MVP? He's like, why? Yeah, why not me? And then went out and won the MVP. MVP. Right. So solid decade. Uh, we end the new decade now. So we got another 10 years to see what happens, another 10. And uh, it's exciting to see, especially with the, the new young players. I'm just interested to see with, you know, you got Luka, and we'll see the development of Trey in Atlanta. Giannis still a young player. Kawhi is, at the end of the day, he still got another seven years as one of the better players in the league. We can look forward to KD coming back next year. It's a, I don't believe none of these reports, and I won't believe it until he steps foot on the court, but there's a report that KD will play. Because the the Nets are going to be in the playoffs. So right. instead of KD, if, if in March they got a solid playoff position, six, Is that what Kyrie seven, waiting on? Five, KD come back? <laughs> maybe, because they say in March, if they're in a good spot, KD's coming back. I don't believe it. I, believe when he, I don't even see the point of playing him this year. Like, no, let him be healthy all next year. Especially, it's not like a situation where it's like an ACL and he's back, he's cleared. Now, if he's cleared, he's good, and it's not like on some rushing type thing. Like, not, oh, we got a good playoff spot, let's rush him back. But if it's like, yo, he's healthy, he can play. Play him. I want to see him out there. Right. But if it's like, yeah, you know, he kind of can go, he feels good, let's put him out there and see what happens. Obviously, you can never have, you know what I mean, you can get hurt at any moment, which was proven by his injury. Uh, you can get hurt at any moment. But if it's really awesome, man, he's healthy. We only send him out for ca- for caution. I, I'm, I'm for players deciding that they want to play. So right. I hope he does play. But at the same time, I hope he plays when he's absolutely ready. So I'm ready for this next decade. We're going to be losing some great players over the next five years. Uh, LeBron's about to go. I'm, KD will be gone. I'm so. glad you spoke on that because I see a lot of – one thing I see on the internet is how we shouldn't take these players for granted now because – they're getting ready to retire soon, which, I mean, that's an understandable statement, but I don't think you can take a league with that's full of great players. They come and go, man. They, Jordan, Jordan had retired. Remember, remember, I remember wondering, not even really thinking about it, but being in high school and thinking like, dang, one day I'm going to turn on TV and ain't going to be no Kobe and Iverson and Vince Carter, Paul Pierce won't be leading the league and scoring top five. And, I mean, we're at that point now. now. I mean, Vince Carter, the only one that's left. <laughs> Dirk is gone. Duncan is gone. So, 
yeah, take for granted. Yeah, I get it, but at the same time, you come, come and go. So right. just hope the next generation, you know, keep it going. And hope the next generation of fans as well also just respect the game the way it should be respected. Right, because it's far fetched to think now, but one day Luke is gonna be retiring. <laughs> Trey Young won't Trae be Young. dropping forty and right. eight. Steph is gonna be retiring. So right, so like I said, the next five years. You know, Melo's already about to be out. Vince Carter's about to be out this year. LeBron's about to be out. But, like, you know, KD, 31. LeBron, 35. Steph is 30, 31. Uh, Kawhi, 28 this year. So, shout out to the next decade. And just even just to keep going on that before we get up out of here, players aren't even thinking about even playing that long anymore. Yeah, a lot of players, I mean, that's something KD said was that he wanted to play until he was 35. I think when you get towards the end, though, you kind of rethink that. Some some people do. Some people do at the end. But then nowadays, players want to make their money and they want to leave healthy. And uh, after you've given all you got to the game, you know, people say that these players retire early, but they really don't. I mean, you work – a lot of people, they work 10 years, 15 years, 20 years for one company, and right. then they retire. That don't mean they retire from work necessarily. But a lot of people do retire from the Navy after 20 years of being in the Navy. Right. So, I mean, they put they 20 in. They just started real early, and they made more money than any of us ever see in our life. So. Right. Absolutely. But other than that, you got anything else for the people? Uh, nothing else. Let me do a quick rundown of the games for today. I'm pulling up the NBA app. While he's pulling up the NBA app, I just want to say to everybody that listens, Happy New Year first and foremost. But um, also, if you listen from the Anchor app or wherever you listen from, if you want to leave us a message, you know, comment on anything, want to add anything in there, you want to dispute our top tens list, that's cool. We all up for it. If it's a good enough argument or conversation, we might mention it on the next episode. But other than that, you know, Happy New Year's, this next 10, because I think now where the, t- the players is in the league now are probably the most. I know we say this every year, but these players are probably the most talented ever because they got to watch 20, 30 years of talented yeah. players. And yeah, I think we're in the moment where the players are as talented as they ever been. Even though, in my opinion, they're not the best players ever, but they're the most talented players yeah. ever. We got seven foot, three dudes shooting threes, and it's not... Rare, you know, back in the day, Ralph Sanders shooting threes. Like, dang, you see a big man that can shoot. Nowadays, like, Przingis shoots, Jared Jackson shoots, uh, Don Makers, Don Makers shoots. shoots it. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, all right, a quick rundown for the games today. You got Charlotte versus Cleveland. Shout out to uh, Graham. Really love to see players like him hooping how he's hooping, and I hope he continues to uh, right. get it going. We're gonna talk about. I gotta. We're gonna talk about Devontae Graham on the next episode because right. I got an interesting topic I want to bring up. Nuggets and the Pacers. Nuggets second in the West. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had a career high in his first start. So, shout out to him. We had just talked about him, and then he got the start. Right. And he did, like, why we were wondering why he wasn't playing. <laughs> 19 points. 19 points. He was like, this guy got all-star potential. So, shout out to him. Depot, get well soon. He should be back in the next, like, month and a half. So, we're getting close to that. Toronto and Miami. Miami having an amazing season. I think that Miami is the greatest part fake team I've ever seen. It's like I don't think they're a bad team. I think they got good culture. But like I saw somebody say the other day, they went with G Leaguers. Like <laughs> and shout out to Kendrick Nunn for who did. It, it was just funny to see. No disrespect. Just, I think that's just Miami's I think we talked about this off you yeah. know, off the show a lot. Just that's just Miami who they are. They just find right. players, tough players that know how to play basketball. Right. So shout out to them. Uh they playing the Raptors. That should be a really good game. Utah and Chicago. Chicago is actually in eighth place. Uh, if I'm not, no, they're in ninth place, which is surprising to me. They're not gonna make the playoffs, but they only took they only two games back. <laughs> so Utah, Chicago. Uh, Shout out to the point guard Donovan. 
him and Joe Ingles running the offense. And right. they, oh, and the first trade of the year amazingly happened. Um, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks, uh, like maybe last week, I think. Yeah, that's right. Clarkson since the Westbrook trade. Jordan Clarkson get did get traded to Utah. Big so. trade for them too, because Clarkson has been instant offense for them. Clarkson is a scorer and he's good on veteran teams. Should have never, never been the starter point guard. Nope. Not saying that he isn't good, but the Lakers having him as their starter point guard never made sense. Jordan Clarkson is Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford off the bench. He's a six man of the year candidate. So uh, you got the Warriors and Minnesota. They say that the Warriors are monitoring Cat because they say he's not he's not happy. Um, and I saw a trade and said that the trade would be Russell for Cat, but I think they would somehow oh, but, try to make a trade and keep Russell. You know, Russell wants they want to play together. Exactly. So why would you trade? Uh, speaking of trade Minnesota, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of Minnesota, real quick. Um, I know he's not their coach anymore, but um, Tom Thibodeau recently just said he wants to get back into coaching. Of course he does. Tom Tom Thibodeau is a great assistant coach. <laughs> Keyword assistant coach. I like him as a coach, not as a front office person. I think when he got to Minnesota and got the dual role of head coach, front office guy. Too much. Too much. And even I don't. I don't think that's a good role for a lot of coaches. Nope. I. I really. The best coach. You got to coach my coach. team. You got to coach my team for like ten years before I consider you doing that. Yeah, at least five. Like right. I'm not just giving you that off top. And he didn't even have a front office position before. I don't know why they did that. Right. But uh, I like. I. I actually really like Tibbs though as my assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we got Brooklyn and Dallas. Uh, they playing today. That should be a good one. Spencer will Kyrie ever come back? Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he will probably end up making the All Star game. We got a month to see. It's all about if he's going to be one of those coaches' choices. I think he's he will, just because I really don't know who should keep him out. Right. Especially with Kyrie being hurt. Kyrie's not going to be an All Star this year. He got to have. A, he got to come back today and have a great month to be an All Star. So I don't think Kyrie's going to be an All Star. So. It's like who's gonna get that spot? So I do think uh, then we probably will end up being an all star, and Luca will definitely be an all star. This should be his second appearance, but it'll be his first. And uh, hopefully Dallas uh, they get it back together. They're top six in the West. I think they're gonna finish top five. Uh, OKC and the Spurs. The Spurs have climbed their way back into the playoffs. They got the last playoff spot right now. OKC trying to decide. They they kind of in that position. The they Clippers don't know what they want to do. They right, but they, they, they could, but they, what's cool is they could choose what they want to do. I mean. Honestly, they probably be better if they lost because their pick is going to be the only high pick they get because all those – I mean, you could put those picks together and trade for assets. You're going to find good feeling, supporting role players. Right, but I think uh, OKC is going to end up trading Gallinari and Chris Paul. They might not trade Chris Paul. I don't know why really Gallinari. But Gallinari, he's going to either Phoenix or Portland. I wouldn't be surprised. And uh, you got Memphis, Sacramento. I'm going to need Swiper to stay healthy, man. Come on, Swipe. Get healthy. Shout out to Josh. Josh my favorite young player in the NBA. Rookie of the year. Well, damn. Because I always forget that Luka's a young player. So, I, But Josh my favorite rookie. and But Luka's my favorite young player. So, shout out to Josh, Rookie of the year. I, I love Josh's game. New AI. That's what they say. And that's tough. AI my favorite player ever. Uh and the last game of the night, Detroit versus the Clifford. Shout out to Derrick Rose. Hopefully he'll get traded to a contender soon. I seen some trades with Blake Griffin. Uh they're talking about Boston. Um, I think I've seen I've seen the Boston one. I've seen uh Boston is one I've definitely seen the most. Boston's I think always I saw like some I think I saw like some Portland stuff before. That's not gonna happen though. Uh him and Melo too similar. They yeah. be they be in the same spot. Because it's one thing Kevin loves somebody that can shoot, but yeah, I don't think Blake, but I wouldn't be surprised if Blake got traded. Detroit is uh, 
Terrible. Terrible. And you would think they would be good. I mean, I don't, has Richard Jackson played this year? I haven't heard his name. You know, I don't really like him as a player. But between Blake, Derrick Rose is having a great year. Andre Drummond's the the best rebound center in the league. Detroit shouldn't like. I'm not saying they should be top five. They shouldn't be as bad as that. right. They should be six, seven, eight range. Like they as good. But Blake, as the has, Blake has been in and out. Of Blake has up. been. Yeah, he did start so the year. Derrick Rose missed a couple games. Reggie, right. I don't even know his Reggie Jackson problems. Like he's yeah. there, and, but he's, he's not, not that good man. anyway. So, but whatever. So, but yeah, so that's uh your rundown for today, January second, twenty twenty. R.I.P. David Stern one more time. He's got to took the game where it is and why players make the money that they make. And uh, that's all I got. I'm John W. It's Fresh X. We're all the hoopers.